This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking Halos. This is Jared Timms alongside Brent McGuire for another episode of The Art of Pitching. I guess that's kind of what we're calling this. Um, I know we're kind of three episodes, four episodes deep, depending on when you're listening to this. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun. We covered Andrew Heaney. We covered little Dylan Bundy. We went over what makes the art of pitching so unique and everything in this whole thing and today we have a fantastic fantastic show of uh, Shohei Otani who again hasn't pitched we don't have too much on him and he hasn't pitched too too much actually hasn't pitched at all since 2018 and you know it's kind of kind of interesting we have very kind of limited stats on him but what we do have is quite impressive and uh, you know let's just shuffle it over to Brent. Brent how you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited to talk about Otani because <laughs> I think we were talking before the episode. We just, we both miss him. We yes. miss baseball, but like we especially miss watching this guy pitch. And I felt like it was such a tease. You know, 2018 he pitched so well, and then obviously he underwent the surgery. And like we were all so ready to see him again. Now it's just like, damn, we don't know when that's going to happen again. Exactly, and it's rough, you know, and everything. Um, but. You know, it, it, it is what it is, and it's just kind of an angel's thing. It kind of sucks. You know, it, it, it is it is what it is for right now. Um, but back on to back onto Atani. Actually, first before we do this, guys, I want to say thank you to everybody who listens to this. It's fantastic. I love all you guys. Um, continue, please, to share our show. It's it's uh, it's it's a great pleasure. It's a great honor to do this show for you guys. So continue to share this show. Hand it off to a buddy. Hand it off to a friend that likes the Angels or likes baseball in general. That just wants to listen to, you know, some guys talk baseball for. A little while and get your mind off some stuff you know so um if you think that we deserve a five-star review go on to apple um or itunes and give us a five-star review there um at talking halos um if you want to follow us uh, on twitter or on i think we are on facebook as well just google or just search talking halos and we'll pop up right away um if you want to email us have a question about show maybe you don't want you want us to cover something in this time um that you've seen in the past that you know some people may not have talked about or you know something 
you know, you just want to say thank you or say your two cents, whether you like it or not, email us at talkinghalos at gmail.com. So guys, on to what we really, really want to talk about, and that's Shohei Otani. And I watched some of his starts today, um, and it is unbelievable. I know it's from 2018 and everything, and we're going to break down everything Shohei Otani here, but it's unbelievable, isn't it, Brent? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, I'm in the same boat as you. I recently watched his uh, the game where he took the perfect game into the seventh inning in his first home start, and uh, it's just so, so electric. I mean, there's just, there aren't many guys like him, and that's not even accounting for the fact that he's doing other things as a hitter. He is just such a fun and unique guy to watch on the mound. Yeah, and people kept saying, like, oh, he's Japan's Shohei, or he's Japan's Babe Ruth, and getting all these Babe Ruth comps, and, you know, everybody's super excited about that, but in the back of everybody's mind, it's like, you know, you can't compare somebody to Babe Ruth, it's impossible. But I really think you you kind of can with Shohei Otani. I mean, when you look at just, I know he's only been around for two years now, basically. This is going to be his third full season in the major leagues, and I guess third and a half, or two and a half, I guess, with injuries and everything. But um, he's unbelievable. I mean, there's not too many guys out there on the mound who you, you look at pro baseball hitters and say, they don't... I really don't think they have a chance. Like there's when when Otani was on in 2018, there was there was times where I I looked up at Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, even some of the guys because he had a start against the Astros where speculation or not signs may have been being stolen. And even against that, when that was happening, you know it, it was it was like I don't think the Astros even have a chance. Like they don't know what's coming still. Like they knew, they could have known what was coming, but against Shohei Otani, they just didn't know. Like the splitter breaks off multiple different directions. The slider's gross. He throws a curveball, which is crazy to think about. And then the fastball, he can pump anywhere from 95 to 101. We saw it against Josh Reddick, 101 miles an hour. So, Brent, is there one thing that kind of stands out to you with Shohei Otani and how he throws? Yeah, I think it's, I think the one thing that really just stands out, other than just the pure elite stuff that he possesses is just how athletic he is and how easy everything looks. I mean, he's just such a, he's a freak of nature. The way he is able to move around, everything is so smooth with his mechanics. And again, I'm super excited to see him back on the mound whenever that is. Yeah. You know, it, it's it, actually, I want to go over his hitting a little bit after in, in later in the show. After we talk about his pitching, I want to just talk about his hitting because it's crazy as well. And we're talking about Shohei Otani and why not talk about his hitting because, hey, he's a two-way player. But in 2018, we'll just go over his stats real quick. He was 4-2 and two and, two and 10 starts. He had a five, he pitched in 51.2 innings, accumulated a 3.31 war, a 3.57 FIP, um, and a 1.0 war. He struck out 63 batters in those 51.2 innings and only gave up 38 hits. Prince, when you look at just the normal stats, I guess these are now just the normal stats that we're looking at. I'm looking at fan graphs. What do you see here? Yeah, so I guess it depends on what we consider normal to be. But if you're looking at his ERA minus and his FIP minus, which basically adjust his ERA and his FIP for whatever the league average is, he's well above average in both of those numbers. ERA from just a pure run prevention standpoint, 21% better than league average. And then you're looking at his FIP, 16% better than league average. Again, like the fact that he was able to do this while he was juggling both hitting and pitching is just remarkable. It's it's remarkable. 
Oh, 100%. I mean, just to do it at, like, high school level is crazy. To do it at a college level is crazy. To do it in the minor leagues is insane. But to do it at what he's doing, the clip that he's doing it at, is unbelievable. And before we get into it, Brent, it's 20, hypothetically, 2023. Where is he playing? What position is he playing? Is he playing one? Is he still going with multiple positions? 2023. Uh, that's such a, that's a good question. I... I really don't know. I don't know which way he's going to go. I think he's he's shown so much at the plate that if I had to pick which position he's going to end up at, like full time, I would say he'd be hitting and maybe he's playing right field or something. But hopefully, he gets on some sort of routine with the Angels where they're able to balance, you know, both the hitting and the pitching, and he stays healthy. I don't know if it's going to happen because obviously this is very rare. But I want to say. 2023, he's in right field, but I don't feel great saying that. I, I, I'm i with you. It's, it's a tough thing to do. I'll, I'll get into it, why I think he could possibly work his way to the outfield or first base or wherever you want to put him into his full-time DH um, with what I see with his fastball. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. It, it, it's just so intriguing what Shohei Otani does in all aspects of the game and is truly, like, there's nobody that's been so close to Babe Ruth as this, like... The guy can pitch. The guy can hit. I mean, he's is he a better hitter or pitcher? Like, uh, it's there's so many questions that I ha- that I have to ask before even getting down to his, you know, pitch repertoire. Like, is he a better hitter or pitcher? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could even throw in is he a better runner too? I mean, he's also adding in elite speed on top of the you know f- fantastic pitching and hitting. Um, I think the sample size is larger as a hitter, so I would say hitter, but my gosh, what we saw as a pitcher was so exciting that I think it's a really close call. Yeah, so let's just kind of move on to the the pitches that he throws. He throws a four-seam fastball, he throws a slider, he throws the curveball, and he throws a splitter. Obviously not in that order. If we had to put it in some type of order, it's probably fastball, splitter. Litter slider curveball in that area, I guess. Um, but we'll start with the fastball here. In 2018, it averaged 96.7 miles an hour, which is elite. It's good. You know, we saw it up into the triple digits before. It averaged 13.1 inches of vertical break, which is pretty dang good. It's not dropping at all. Um, it averaged 6.3 inches of horizontal break, which was slightly, I guess, below average in a sense. But the one thing that is decently interesting to me is how he spins the ball and he only spins the ball at about 21 to 2200 rpms um which is fairly low um which is a reason why i think you know if he loses the velocity which we could see we, i mean we haven't seen him throw we don't know what how hard he's throwing right now if he loses that velocity he's got to live down in the zone because of that spin rate you know he's not gonna be able to creep up in the zone as much as he's been used to doing which i don't know if that takes away some stuff you know i mean the velocity is a huge thing for him. And if he loses that, even if he's throwing 92 to 95 or 96, whatever it is, I still think he's a very good pitcher. But I think that if, you know, when that velocity loss comes, it helps him in the hitting department because I think he becomes a hitter at that point. And that's why I asked, I think 2023 is kind of that range where we look at, it's like, well, you know, he, he could just, he could still keep that velocity and, you know, it could keep going or, you know, I, I, I don't know, Brent, what do you see with the fastball? Yeah. So I think, Otani's kind of that perfect case study in the stat cast era because obviously spin rate is something we've talked about a lot. And you see this guy who's sitting comfortably in the upper 90s and he's 96 to 100 pretty much every start. And then you look at the results against it and guys were kind of teeing up against them. And you're looking at 
a 539 slugging percentage, hitters hit 382 against him. And again, this was a smaller sample, but what we did see was this guy he's throwing in the upper 90s is getting hit around with this fastball. And you have to think the lack of spin on the pitch is at least part of it. And maybe there are some command issues. I haven't gone back to look deeper into this, but is that something you agree with, Jared? Yeah, I definitely think. I mean, you look at the movement that's on the ball. He has below average, well below average horizontal movement. So he's not getting very much runner cut on the ball. And he has... You know, it's it, it, it's a slightly above average vertical break, so it's a it's a straight fastball. You know, coming in at ninety six in that area, ninety four to one hundred and one miles an hour. You know, hitters, major league hitters are going to be able to tee off on that. You know, they're going to be able to see that and, and you know just sit on a fast sit on a fastball all day. You know, I, his secondary is elite, 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 probably some of the best secondary in baseball. But when you have that fastball, that's straightest can be straight as an arrow you know doesn't get affected that by that you know by gravity at all it's it's an easy pitch to hit and it's interesting you know that this is this is it It, it's going to be interesting to see he's going to end up having to acquire a two seam or maybe throw a cutter in a sense I, i don't know something that something that's a little different i think a two seam is good for him because he has that slider that breaks away and he has the split finger that acts as a sinker in a sense i think you know if you add that two seam that kind of breaks away from us like the opposite way of a slider i think that that works pretty well with him i don't know if he's there yet it's gonna be interesting to see like i said if the the velocity is still there heck dude throw 101 that's cool with me you know don't worry about a two seam yet but as he loses velocity i think a two seam is going to definitely need to be required yep i i totally agree i do wonder uh we were talking off the record before the show about how we don't have as many profiles on him because of the lack of sample size. I'd be curious to see where a majority of those fastballs ended up in 2018 because if they were, you know, lower in the zone, like we talked about last episode, hitters are kind of getting used to that. And you wonder if maybe Otani's a guy that might benefit from elevating heat a little more often. Yeah, and you look at where, you know, his heat map is with that fastball. It's not great. You know, it's kind of all over the place. And as you go and watch his starts, he's, you know, He's a young pitcher. You can see that very much so. He's very raw as a pitcher. Um, but, you know, if he's able to hone that in and get the solid command and live down in the zone 96 to 98 or whatever it's going to be, then, yeah, you know, it's 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 a, it's a it's a good pitch to have. But for the time being, fastball, probably a below below average pitch. Um, Brent, ne- what's, what's next, slider or you want to go split finger? I think both these pitches are great, but I, just looking at the characteristics and the results from the splitter, I think we should we should go that route. Definitely, yeah. No, the splitter is gross. I mean, that's it was. I mean, can you? Is there a pitch even similar to it? Like nobody really throws that type of pitch. It, it, it's gross, you know. Um, it averaged eighty seven point three miles an hour for a split finger, which is kind of mind boggling. I feel like you want a split finger to be a, a little bit less in velocity but a split fastball i guess is what you can call that it averaged 33.6 inches of vertical movement so it dropped that amount which is above average for a split finger um but it only averaged 5.6 inches of horizontal break um which is far below average and i 
For a split finger, for me, it's kind of a unique pitch for everybody, you know? Sometimes you want the split finger to be working as a two-seam or a sinker or, a, you know, more horizontal in a sense. And sometimes you really want the bottom dropping off of it. And I think that's why we – this is – I'll get up to the spin here in a second. I think this is why we see so much vertical movement is because of the lack of spin that he puts on. He, he averages about 1,300 RPM on that on that pitch, which is – killing spin which is i mean a crazy amount almost like a knuckleball in a sense and is you know dropping off the sky off the table because as we have talked about before when you kill spin you create a lot of depth on your pitch and that's exactly what he's doing with this split finger and it's it's gross i mean we can look at the stats against it he a, a 0. 0.36 0.036 batting average against on the split finger and he threw it 192 times which is which is Ridiculous, and a fifty-five point eight percent whiff percentage on it. Unbelievable, Brent. Yeah, I I pulled up the the leaderboards, kind of comparing the splitter and its movement and velocity to other pitchers. So just from the two thousand eighteen season, he was top ten in velocity on the pitch and on vertical movement on the pitch. But the horizontal movement, like you alluded to, was near the bottom of the list, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because if you have a pitch that's just dropping straight down that might be more deceptive if it was moving more but regardless of the way it's moving the results were there you kind of just talked about what the numbers were like i think the most mind-boggling thing is the fact that hitters had two hits in 59 plate appearances against the pitch that's freaking crazy yeah i i like i said i don't think there's a pitch like this in all of baseball it's just absolutely ridiculous you know, so we'll move on to the slider here, which is again an, an incredible, incredible pitch for him. Um, we'll start off with it averaged an average batting average against of point one four zero, which is crazy, you know, for a pitch. And he threw it two hundred and ten times, um, mainly against righties, though one hundred eighty one times against righties. That stands out to me. Uh, not a crazy amount of spin on it, though. More spin than the four seam, which is not uncommon that we see that in a slider average around 2300 rpm um but this is kind of where it gets in a sense a little bit crazy 39.6 percent inches of vertical movement which means odds are he's probably not throwing as much of a gyro ball with the spin efficiency is probably a little bit higher on on this pitch most of the time because when you look at horizontal movement average 15.1 inches of horizontal break which was 139 percent better than the league average that's insane. Like that's that's like Chaz Rowe in a sense. Like that's what I'm thinking about. You know? Yeah, that's actually hilarious that you brought up Chaz Rowe because that's the exact comparison I was going to make. You look at the the velocity on both of their sliders; it's almost exactly the same. Horizontal movement. Rowe's got the little advantage and the same in vertical movement, but those pitches operate in a very similar way. Those are pitches that you see it for the first time. You're like, holy cow! Like pitches shouldn't move that way i mean it's a pitch that you think it's going to end up you know somewhere in the zone all of a sudden it's in the other batter's box i mean it's it's nuts how good this pitch is no yeah i mean <laughs> you, on baseball savant which we're, we both look at we're both we both probably have it up right now there's you know it's color coded and you know you get into like a lighter red and it's just that means that it's not as an above average pitch and this one is bright red <laughs> when it pops up it's 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 funny to see it i mean it's brighter than angel red it's it's crazy um but yeah you know i mean just that one two punch of the split finger and the and the slider we haven't even really got to the curveball which he didn't throw too much but this one two punch of the slider 
and the split finger, which <laughs> accumulated, or I guess we can go with, it had, the slider had a 39, almost a 40% whiff rate on it, and the split finger had a 55% whiff rate on it. I mean, those two pitches combined is are probably two of the best pitches in baseball, right? Oh, without a doubt. And I think what's so you know tantalizing about those two pitches is the splitter can be used a lot against left-handers. You can use the slider against right-handers, and that's kind of like that that platoon equalizer. So he's going to be able to succeed against both righties and lefties because both those pitches are just so damn good and operate well against both hitters. Yeah, you know, a combined nine hits in... 113 plate appearances against it. Nine hits against those two pitches. God, that's that's crazy to me. That is absolutely crazy. Um, we'll move on to the curveball here, which, in my opinion, is I like this pitch a lot. Like I, I'm a big curveball fan when it comes to this. I like the slider, but the curveball I think is an as an underused pitch, and I think with Otani, it was much much underused. Um, we'll start with in seven plate appearances, it did not allow a hit at all. No, no hits there. He threw it 56 times. Um, it had a whiff rate of 40%, which was crazy. Um, we see on the curveball 66.7 inches of vertical break, which was, I think, did Dylan Bundy have that amount on it? I think it was pretty close to it, right? Yeah, very similar. Yeah, very similar curveballs on Bundy and Otani. When you look at the horizontal break, 11.1 inches of horizontal break, um, above average it's it's a good pitch i think it's not used enough for otani uh brent what do you think about that yeah you know i i kind of agree we've talked about the whole concept of unpredictability and just kind of being unique and i think this is a pitch that it's so much slower than everything else that he throws up if you're going with a 99 or 100 mile per hour fastball and then you're dropping a 71 mile per hour hook in there i mean that's that's hard and I do wonder if he should start throwing this pitch a little more often. The question is, what pitch does he substitute that for? That's the that's the real question. Exactly. I mean, the three other pitches are so, you know, I mean, the four seems not great, but if you're able to throw that 100 miles an hour, it's, it's, a, it's an above average pitch because you're throwing it that hard, you know. But, but yeah, you know, I mean, the, it's he has four... I mean, in a sense, three above average pitches when you're when you're looking at it all, the slider, the splitter, and the curveball. And then you're able to jump up 100 miles an hour on your fastball. I mean, it's pretty gross. I, the one thing that I like to kind of compare it to is pitchers that come from Asia, Japan, China, wherever, wherever Korea. You see a lot of these slow curveballs, in a sense. I don't know if it's some. I'm assuming it's got to be something that they're taught there because... You Darvish had one of the. I mean, it was a, it was an Ephus pitch in a sense. He threw it. I think we've seen it at like fifty five miles an hour at some point. And Tanaka, I believe, had one. I mean, a, a lot of those pitchers that come from Asia have those that type of pitch. So it, it's obviously something that must be taught there, or that's that's a tradition there. You know, you have the big slow loopy breaking curveball. So yeah, no, that's actually that's an interesting uh, point to bring out because you look at you brought up you Darvish. Unjin Ryu, I remember Kuroda had a bunch of pitches. All those guys have, you know, good pitches, not just, you know, a few of them. They've got like a whole arsenal and they're able to manipulate those pitches. And that's something that I'm kind of excited to see Otani do when he's back on the mound. I want to see how he's able to kind of like fool around with hitters, you know, change the speed on the, the curveball a little bit, kind of like Darvish does or Zach Grinke does. 
maturity. I think maturity is a big thing for Otani. When we saw him pitch first, what he was 23, 24 years old, right? Now he's 26, 27, 25. He's 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 slightly older and it's it's going to be fun to see it, you know? It's going to be fun to see the maturity level and how he's matured. Um one more thing I want to bring up before we get on to I guess his hitting is the split finger because I personally as a coach, will never teach a split finger. I, I hate the pitch. I think that's the reason why most pitchers have Tommy John. I, I mean, if, the thing, though, with this pitch, with Otani, is that it's so dirty, it's hard for to not throw it, you know? Yeah, it's so that's an interesting point because Otani's a guy that he's throwing so hard and he's throwing the splitter. Both of those pitches have some research, you know, that says, like, Throwing the splitter more can lead to injuries, and throwing really hard leads to injuries. So sometimes you have to question, you know, what approach do you take to try to find that balance between being the best pitcher you could possibly be, but also trying to preserve your long-term health. And I guess this kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning about him staying healthy. I mean, we're not just thinking about this from a pitching perspective, but if he's always hurt on the mound, that's going to affect potentially what he's doing at the play or playing in the field moving forward. Oh, definitely, 100%. I think that that's, again, here where the maturity is going to step in. I mean, he was a professional at age 18 doing stuff that most 18-year-olds don't do in Japan and hitting balls where most balls aren't supposed to be hit by grown men and throwing balls as hard as grown men don't throw, you know? So I think maturity is going to take a big, big leap here. And it's going to, I really think that, a two seam, like the more and more we talk about this, getting into a two seam fastball because the movement that he's able to create on pitches is pretty crazy. So if he learned a good two seam fastball and was able to stick with that and maybe sit ninety three to ninety six with a two seam fastball and throw everything else and maybe increase, I, I guess it does take away from the curveball in a sense, but you know, it, it maybe increase the curveball usage a little bit more. I think that that could keep him healthier and you know we see better longevity down the road. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how he develops and how the Angels really just try to balance the whole two-way thing moving forward. Yeah. Um, Brent, any final thoughts on Shohei Otani, pitching-wise? I, we're, we'll get on to his hitting because I just kind of want to talk about his hitting for a second. But any final thoughts with him when it comes to his pitching? Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm excited to see what he can do. I mean, we've talked about the Babe Ruth comparison multiple times in this episode, and I think it's applicable because he does things on both sides that, you know, people aren't supposed to be able to do. So I'm really excited to see how he pitches the next time and how he kind of develops with the angels. Yeah, you know, definitely. It's going to be a lot of fun to see hopefully this year, what he's able to do Um, real quick, because we can't talk about Shohei Otani if we're not talking about his hitting. He's unbelievable hitter too. I mean, we've seen things that, like I said, most people aren't able to do. Like, I went back and watched all 30, I think it's 32 or 36 home runs today. Unbelievable. I mean, there's there's nobody better in baseball, and I think I can say this for a certainty, with better opposite field power than Shohei Otani. Am I right? Oh, it's it's crazy. I mean, I, I'm just thinking back to, you know, his first couple games and his first home run, I'm like, okay, like it was a big you know, a ball that was in the air for a long time to right center field. And then he hit that second home run against Corey Kluber. But it was that third home run that it was like, holy cow, like he hit one up near the rocks as a left-handed hitter. And you just don't, you don't see that very often. And that was, you know, kind of that first 
signal that okay, this guy is <laughs> going to be really good. No, I, it's it's unbelievable, Brent. I know you have a story. I think about Shohei Otani hitting in batting practice. I think, if I'm not mistaken, right? You're correct. All that right. was actually the first game I covered at Angel Stadium, and he hit one off the scoreboard in right field. And so we're talking, I mean, 530, 540 feet. And, I, I mean, that's not that surprising. I mean, we've seen what he's done in games. I mean, he's one of the best in baseball, just hitting the crap out of the baseball. But, yeah, when I when I heard about the story floating through Angel Stadium, it was just like, okay, this is this guy's something special. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's unbelievable. Brent, I'm going to go into interview mode here in a sense. Were you on the field when he hit it? What were you doing when he when – he, hit off the scoreboard because we've seen videos of it which is insane you know and, and everything but you know like were, were you on the field what what were you doing yeah i was i was in the dugout um we a lot of people were actually i think this was right before mike Sosha was doing his uh pre-game stuff and he hit it and people kind of turned around to see where it went and i never saw it actually hit the scoreboard but from people who were on the field and what was kind of floating through the stadium was it hit the scoreboard so this is one of those stories that it's it's going to get bigger every time somebody tells it. From what I heard, I think it hit the scoreboard, but it at least cleared the pavilion in right field, which if you've been up there, that's a really long way to go. Yeah, I know, 100%. Actually, you know what? Story heard, or what, what I just heard was he hit it over the scoreboard, but that's just what I heard. I, I don't know. You know story's getting <laughs> Actually, big. I could one up you, but I, he hit over the 57 freeway. It's, it's, it's still going right now. Can you imagine that? Actually, it's things that I've always wanted to do and kind of off, off track here. Haven't you always, and I, I think I've heard Mike Trout say it before too, but I've been saying it forever. Don't you just want to tee up at home plate, like golf ball, and see how far you can hit it? Like, oh, absolutely. Just, I, yeah, I hit that it out of Angel Stadium, so golf fun. ball, you know, just kind of fun. <laughs> Oh, that'd be incredible. So. All right, Brent. Well, this was a nice quick one. I, it was it was easy. Shohei Otani is a great pitcher. Um, any final thoughts, I guess, with in Angels in general? You know, Angels baseball talk? Uh, you know, I'm. it's hard right now. I'm just, I'm ready for baseball, and it's, it's very weird. I mean, obviously, a lot of things are different right now, but not having Angels baseball in the middle of April is a very unusual feeling. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I, I hate it. You know, um, but I'll, I'll finish off by saying this, guys. Keep the hope, keep the faith, stay strong, everything. Thanks, guys, for listening in here. This is Jared Timms. Brent, um, I'll have you finished off. Where can we find you? Where can we find your work? You can find me at BMAGS94 on Twitter, or you can find my writing at crashingthepearlygates.com. Awesome. Go check Brent out. Uh, guys, you can follow me at Jared underscore Timms on Twitter. I have uh, my own little blog post on there. You can click on it. It's wordpress all that fun stuff you can follow talking halos at talking halos um on twitter like i said shoot us an email have us you know we're we're up for anything right now guys we just want to talk baseball keep it light keep it fun guys stay safe keep the faith and have a great day The 
NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city home to your biggest rivals? The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the making? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.